Welcome to a new episode. This is something that we've been wanting to do for a long time, uh, record a podcast about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. <laughs> Am I saying that correctly? Because sometimes you come out and you're like, Hedwig, and I'm like, oh shit. No, no, no. <laughs> like, so like, I guess it depends who you're talking to, because let's be real, we're a miracle. And we're used to Harry Potter, so we say Hedwig. But like, you know, if you have like a German accent, or I guess you're like, you know, German, you would say like Hedwig or whatever. But like, yeah. so like some people like in conversation they'll be like, it's pronounced Hedwig, and I'm like, well, uh, sis, in, come on. In like John Cameron Mitchell's interviews that I was watching in preparation for today, uh, <laughs> he he was saying it with a V, and I was like, ah oh, man, yeah. I don't well, but pull he's that also, card. but he also is Hedwig though. So like, yeah. but uh, one of the things I was really interested to hear was that he like. Being in Hedwig, off Broadway, he like took a break from acting because it was like so. He said he almost died, and that made me feel really bad for, <laughs> for like everybody. Like it explains why Neil Patrick Harris looked like he was on his deathbed. Like <laughs> this song, like his head Sucking looked in. like a skull, and um and like he looked like an exquisite man. corpse. Get it? Yeah. Because oh, uh, I wouldn't have gotten it if I didn't. Listen to the soundtrack today. See, I <laughs> okay. No, well, okay. So the the Let's thing is, chat. though, yeah, the thing is that Norma is a Hedwig like obsessed fan. She's seen every incarnation except Andrew Randall. Except Andrew. I'm Reynolds. sorry, Andrew. I like you know what it was. What it happened was is that like because I'm such a big fan, I'm always prepared to seeing the things that I love like, die. So, like, for example, in Harry Potter, book seven, I was expecting Ron Weasley to perish because he's my favorite character. So right. I was like, of course he's, they're going to kill him. They didn't. Thank you. But, you know, Hedwig is the thing I love most. I was so afraid that, like, it was going to, like, do horribly on Broadway and never come back and be terrible. And instead, it won, like, a ton of Tonys and, like, has lasted for a very long time. And I'm very happy about that. But, like, so when they announced that Andrew, the extension, I was like, well, I guess that's just going to be it. And then it's going to be Andrew. And then they're going to close the show. And then, you know, so Right. So I kind of just was like, oh, I'm not going to, like, check it out. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to, like, you know, hold my memories of NPH and call it a day. Yeah, so we have um, NPH, number one, Andrew Reynolds, number two, number three, um, Michael, Michael C. Hall, Hall, number four, uh, Darren, oh, uh, John Cameron Mitchell. Oh, and then. And then number Darren. five, Darren Chris, number six, Tay Diggs, six Hedwigs. Yay. Six. Six Hedwigs. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> um, uh, so, that's yeah. a That's a segment well, when, that they could add. First, mm-hmm. When did you first find out about Hedwig? Uh, I was 16 years old. I was probably on LiveJournal, a 16-year-old in the mid-late 2000s would be. And um, <laughs> I was... And I was reading something about, like, Rocky Horror, and I, I had enjoyed... I think I had enjoyed Rocky Horror at that point. Or, like, you know, like, Rent, all those... 
you know, mm-hmm. shows. all like related. All those teenager musicals those, like, everyone loved, you yeah. know, and all the theater kids loved. And somebody like on a comments was like, "Oh, well, if you love all these shows and you love um, Hedwig and Angry Age, mm-hmm. it's like a um, rock opera." And you know, I read the plot line. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So. Uh, I watched it through totally legal means on my computer and <laughs> completely fell in love with it. And don't worry, guys, I ended up buying a DVD, the libretto of the book. We are not pirates. The and I've spent about three hundred dollars in Broadway tickets, seeing it a million times. Right. I just bought I the hoodie. <laughs> um, I oh yeah, I've, the hoodie. I've supported Hedwig financially in a big bad way. Sixty dollars. The hoodie costs as much as it costs to buy. You can <laughs> you can actually fun fact fun fact if you go to the box office and you purchase a <laughs> rear mezzanine ticket, your ticket will be forty nine dollars or fifty dollars, and it'll be cheaper than the Hedwig hoodie. Yes, but that hoodie seemed very. It's so nice way. though. The thing. So the funny thing is, is that. Um, yeah, I, I was, so I, you know, watch it, and I immediately fell in love with it in a big, bad way. I, uh, yeah, I was, I remember just sobbing during the Wicked Little Town um, scene, the, rep, the reprise, and just ugly cries in front of my Dell um, desktop, <laughs> and, um, and, but equally aroused at Michael Pitt and his um, low, low cut. Um, have you seen the movie yet, Sarah? Like, seen it, seen it? No. Okay. I, like, okay, so I, I <laughs> so I similarly heard about it, and then I rented the movie, and I was just like, this is really weird. And I guess, you know, back then I was still, like, a naive little, like, you know, more Catholic. All right. <laughs> more, you know, This in, is obviously my a pre-Taylor Mac, Sarah. Yeah, my own, like, nun-like seclusion. I didn't understand... <laughs> I didn't the understand it whole, either. I didn't know what like gender was. Oh, I didn't know. I best believe six year old me had no idea what was going on. But I really did fall in love with the score. Yeah. Um well, I grew I, up like Hedwig, I grew up listening to that that fifties and sixties um pop and Motown oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, luckily I didn't have to stick my head in the oven to do it. I could just listen to it with um a Walkman, but I guess that's the joy of not living in a communist um, sector of the city. So <laughs> I have, uh, so yeah, I just, I don't know, I really connect to the music and, uh, and I, and I just, you know, fell in love with it, especially the idea of like, you know, always being in search of your other half, but like in a really like deep, profound, like soul way mm-hmm. in the meaning of life kind of way and not all like, you know, the BS like rom-com way. Yeah. It really like, uh, touched me and who touched me yeah. most. I'm sorry, I'm going to be, like, quoting the show a lot. I've seen it, like, five times. But, um, but like, so, yeah, I, I fell in love with it, and, you know, the, the Off-Broadway soundtrack has always been a comfort to me over the years, and I've just always fell in love with it and spread the word, and now here we are. Yes. So, and then I had very, very little experience with it, besides that one movie watching, which I only half-watched. And so, yeah, so it was just really exciting to... Uh, to see it together finally, and to to see it with Tay Diggs as the first Black Hedwig. How would you say Tay is different? What did you expect to be different? I guess is a, maybe a better question. First. Um. So here's the funny thing about it. I mean, obviously Tay is blacker than the other Hedwigs. I mean, just like, a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, because here's the thing. Like you know. All the previous Hedwigs not only have been white, but, you know, they haven't been, like, swarthy Italian Hedwigs. They've been, you know, 
pretty pale on the Caucasian, you know, scale of Caucasianness. And then, like, Tay Diggs is, like, really, really dark-skinned, so, you know, you have that, um, definitely. <laughs> I think it makes the red lipstick pop a lot better. But... <laughs> and, like, in terms of the actual, like, what it means for, like, a black actor to inhabit this German role, I mean, honestly, I didn't think too much of it in regards to the script for two, for one main reason is that, honestly, all the German people that I've ever come across have been of mixed race, um, uh-huh. and they've been people of color. Um, so I was like, well, I know there's a lot of black Germans, so I don't, I don't yeah. see, like... Ooh, um, and oh, he does have that one line. Uh, maybe they changed other ones about like blue eyes, about like his blue eyes or something. Yeah, and yeah. Like, Stared in my blue eyes, but like yeah. Other than I that, was surprised they didn't um, take that out. Yeah. Th- so other than that, I was just like, it wasn't too like oh, like what would happen if it was a black, you know. Um, Hedwig, I mean, I think actually we, it's a little bit more interesting that um, Rebecca Naomi Jones, who is of mixed race, is playing Yitzchak because Yitzchak clearly needs to be an Eastern European um, Jewish person and so from an Eastern European country and, but, but you know, uh, so, but you know, the creators and Tay and everyone behind it said that they actually did find a lot of richness to play off of and, um, and you know they added stuff in the in Hedwig's lines to to denote that she is a person of color. You know she does mention like I'm black. Yes, you know Hedwig is black, and I thought <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. She made references to black culture. She you know pulls out Hedwig was sweating so oh my god Tay was sweating so much as Hedwig, and so he grabs a towel and he's like this is my Whitney rag. <laughs> black people in the audience turn to the white people in the audience, tell them what a Whitney rag is. I thought that was like really great. And there was a lot of other great little lines like that um, throughout. But the main story, you know, holds true. I'm sure anybody of any color can have a sex change operation go wrong, have -hmm. their song stolen from them, fall in love, have heartbreak, be awesome, badass rock and roll people. And the final thing I will say to being black and playing Hedwig is that I always, before Tay Diggs was ever cast, I always just thought the lyrics of Midnight Radio were interesting in that when Hedwig calls out all of the female artist that inspires yeah. him and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, to Yoko and Nico and, and so on and so forth. And she and he brings up Aretha and he brings up Yoko Ono and he brings up another person of color. Like Eartha is it Eartha Kitt? No. No, it's to Patty, Patty LaBelle. Okay. So like I was so I was always like I feel like, like there's more there's more And uh, Tina Turner. Yeah. To Patty and Tina and and Aretha. Yeah, more. And so there's a lot of women of color in that list, and I always thought that was interesting. Number one, I mean, we all know that, like, Hedwig was listening to, like, 50s and 60s pop music growing up, so obviously there would be a lot of, of girl groups. And he says, you know, um, I think they may have changed the line, or maybe they kept the line for Tay, when he's, like, he listens to the colored girls sing, do, 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 do. I don't remember uh. if they changed that line. But he would, you know, so, of course, women of color are part of that, but it, it's just funny because... Generally speaking, when white artists, you know, are influenced by black artists, they may not always mention it, mm-hmm. or they may just steal it, or whatever. So, I just, when she, whenever she called it out, I was, just thought it was interesting, because you, you can hear it in the songs, but the more obvious influences are, like, the the Siggy Stardust, David Bowie mm-hmm. kind of stuff is, you know, you're more like, your Lou Reed kind of stuff is, like, usually your go-to because they look just like Hedwig, like, you know. Yeah. You know? So I, I always just thought that was interesting. And then to hear Tay sing, 
to Patty, to Tina, to Aretha, I was like, oh, I believe you. <laughs> and yeah. I, and not to say that I wouldn't believe any other Hedwig. I just thought that was like, you know, there's, that's clearly Taydig's had to grow up with these artists and mm-hmm. be part of his childhood more readily than another Hedwig, another uh-huh. actor playing Hedwig might, who's not John Cameron Mitchell, who's perfect. I don't know. That's the one thing um, I also thought being interesting, and then I'll let Sarah talk. I know Sarah's like, come on, Sarah. But there's one more thing is that um, the intersectionality between being black and being a homosexual um, that Uh we don't see a lot. There's a lot more white gay visibility than there is Mm -hmm. for people of color, and especially, like, in urban areas and stuff like that. You know, there's still, like, you're going to be shunned religiously, you're going to get beaten up, you're going to get killed or whatever. Yeah. And especially, you know, for black men, you know, Hispanic men, it's like, oh, you know, you can't be, you can't be, you know, the F word, you can't, you know, act a certain way. And I think that was apparent in two things. Number one, the video that Sarah sent me earlier today as she was researching when the TMZ reporter was interviewing oh, Tay, God. and I'm 90% certain that the TMZ reporter was also a person of color. Yeah. Um, asking him, and he was asking all these questions like, oh, what's it like to, like, you know, like, play someone who's, like, gay or whatever. And that he kind of seemed to be a little, like, put out by it and kind of wanted to make fun of Tay for it or needle him a bit. And then the same thing happened with a little bit with the New York Times piece on Tay preparing for the role of Hedwig, who was written by an African-American man. And it got really lambasted because... I really read this. It's really good. You should Tay have a read on it. Um, and it talks about like at one point he calls Tay like, if your thing is being having a like a black man with a job, then Tay Diggs is your guy. Yeah. And you know, and okay, talking about, about the approaching the role, like the strangeness becoming, you know, this female character and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I think there is that disconnect between People of color and homosexuality, and especially especially this kind where, you know, you're putting on the heels and the tights and, you know, prancing and being fabulous. I think that's uh, a really, really big, like, no-no. Yeah. And and to, for Tay to do that, for Tay Dix to do that, it's, like, really, um, you know, profound. You don't get a lot of that visibility. I guess, what do you have? You have RuPaul... And all the amazing, like, women of color on Drag Race. I guess, like, like, Billy Porter. Shangela, or whatever, like, Billy in, in Porter. Um, black gay guys. Help us out. I mean, if, like, Stu's in Passing Strange is autobiographical, it seems that he was also, like, having bi relationships when he was in Europe. Uh, maybe Stu's okay. bi. Okay. Well, maybe. I don't know. Oh, but but what's his face? Um, Shoot. What's his name? Uh, the, 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 uh, the guy from Passing Strange, the other one. Uh, oh, man. oh! Coleman Domingo. Oh, yes! Yes. Yes. He's amazing. Oh, there's uh, a fly! There's a fly! There's there. a fly! I'm sorry, guys. Yes, and this fly is, like, particularly <laughs> aggressive. Like, it's flying. I'm sorry, it was face, like, literally buzzing times. in my ear. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to, like, let me know about other, like, prominent visible... <laughs> He's trying to whisper in your ear. Okay, people of color. Oh but there's just... Yeah, the visibility isn't great, and fictional characters, too, it's like... Yeah. So you bring up a lot of good points, because I I agree with the the black visibility, because, um, you know, you have something like HRC, which, uh, you know, is is great, but a lot of people um, criticize it for being, you know, an exclusively white 
organization that is out to help white gay causes, not acknowledge the contributions of of blacks and you know trans people and and latinos and and, and yeah and, and there's still like a huge problem with like uh black homeless youth and when you have had like gay black men characters in movies and shows and stuff they're usually like oh like the hot nurse with the big dick or something you know like the hot <laughs> Wait, what? What are you watching? What am I watching? Um, <laughs> no, like, the, like if if you have like let's say if you're watching, I don't know, like Will and Grace or something. If it's <laughs> if there's like a black gay character, it's like oh man, you know, it's like or it's, he's exoticized, right? And he's like or it's um, that character in Mannequin who's very like flamboyant. Okay, you know, like someone who like you know or or you know Lafayette's character in True Blood who's very like yeah, oh, yeah, oh honey, one. you know what I mean. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And, like, all these things, like, are, like, great. Like, more is more is more and better. But, yeah, there's not those rich, you know, not those... Yeah. Not those Harvey Milk kind of. Uh, right, yeah. And the other point that I thought was interesting, which is, like, all the press that was surrounding this is, like, so geared on the, on the superficial, like... The oh man, you have to wear makeup and like oh my god, like so much glitter. Like how long does it take? And to they get didn't it off do that and... too much for the others. Yeah, the other Hedwigs. I think it might be because Tay Diggs is black, and I think because or he's like more you know quote unquote manly, masculine yeah. because of all of the stereotypes for black masculinity being very like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like aggressive and, and you know powerful and beastly and all this these stupid things that they say about what it means to be a black man. So for you know like how can this like black man who has like you know triceps of steel like how would he like don a skirt and make all these like blowjob jokes like uh-huh. that's so demeaning. A white man can be anything. Yeah. Be any role and win all the Oscars. So yeah, did you feel like um, did you feel like Tay Diggs Hedwig was as vulnerable and like as yeah yeah I didn't see a problem with that. So um, I I think in terms of Tay Diggs' performance, I mean, if we're gonna talk about like how masculine or feminine he was, there's no getting around it. Tay Diggs is built like a truck, and he <laughs> and it's a good thing. But, like, you know, but, like, the cut on his clothes is obviously just makes him a little bit thicker. And he's, the way that he moves on stage, his physicality isn't 100% like fish. You know, it's not 100% yeah. feminine. Um, yeah, we were talking about how, like, she, that they cut his voguing from the show. Like, there's a scene where, like, Hedwig is voguing across the stage. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's amazing. Um, yeah, and they cut it from we, this. Because we talked about that, like, the choreography is made for a slender skinny little thing or it's like who, or it's, who or can it's, um, jump around the stage and is very nimble and yeah you know, the lines is, go um a slip of a girly boy from east berlin i mean that's what Hedwig is supposed to be but like i mean emotionally i think he's just as vulnerable in yeah. his performance as anything else yeah i don't think it's like oh he's so like powerful and mm-hmm. uh, mm, you know mm-hmm. i felt sad as I always do. <laughs> I know, I felt like that too. Um, it's such a metaphysical show. Like, I was listening to the lyrics and, like, how, how, cra- like, it's, it's like a life 
approach. <laughs> like it's a whole, What do you mean? Well, because it, it's basically, you know, headway thinking, like believing in fate and believing in that other person for you. And, and I guess I, I... My other half is Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but your, your poor significant other. <laughs> I'm sorry, significant other. I love dearly as well. Um, he... So he starts out with this, you know, more, like, mythic worldview and, and believing that fate is going to do when do him a solid one sometime soon and, and then ending on, on being self-reliant. And so, yeah, that was really, that was really interesting. Um, it's a much heavier show than I thought it was going to be. Because Norma only likes frivolous shows. <laughs> Norma doesn't like shows that make you think. Oh no! It gets her constipated. (laughs) That's uh, TMI for our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, that's one of the things I really um, I think is wonderful about the show. It has this great mix of philosophy and religion and Gnosticism Mm -hmm. for all those Catholic school Mm -hmm. nerds out there, and it has like such great. Great stuff, and then it has like the kick-ass music and like the heartbreak and the redemption, and mm-hmm. it's just so good. I'm so glad you like it, Sarah. I've been trying to get Sarah to watch Hedwig, like since its inception. I was like, "Do you want to come?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." And then we go watch like The King and I instead, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I no regrets. It's just funny. Um, I want to also talk about gender in it. Because why there's no gender no, involved no in Hedwig? You have Hedwig played by a man, right? So immediately you're sort of like you're registering his character as a man, like at its center. You know, uh-huh. like like the the soul of this character is a man, right? Um, but but yet they insist on calling. Him a she, right? You know, it's always Hedwig is is referred to as a woman, even you know in press and like in mm-hmm. in, um, mm-hmm. in academic articles or whatever. <laughs> it's always Ooh, a she. are there academic articles <laughs> on Hedwig? I, I didn't look any any because if so, send them to yeah. me. But uh, I'm sure. And <laughs> so so we refer to her as a she, and then um, and then you have this ending where. It's supposed to be Hedwig, like, stripped down and sort of, like, purified and made whole and sort of, like, redeemed at the end. And and she is in, in – has lost all the makeup and all the wigs and the dresses and the heels and stuff. And it's in this, like, very – like Grecian, uh, I mean, mm. Forte digs. It's like, you know, it's like, goddamn, your body. It's but just, I mean, um, honestly, for all the Hedwigs, it's always like, <laughs> yes, show me everything. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm specifically thinking about Michael C. Hall right now. But oh, yes, yeah. well, no, Michael C. Hall can. Oh I'm my sure. god! <laughs> but um, bodies, yeah, like this, like pure everywhere. male form, like uh, totally naked except for like a little bikini short and the little boy shorts. Um, cute. <laughs> Although Tay Diggs, okay, because Tay Diggs is has so much body that they <laughs> legit looked like briefs. They didn't look like shorts. They were so tiny. I loved it. Yeah. If I played Hedwig, that's how the shorts would look like on me. Oh. But, um, Big booty. So it's a little bit, because I can't really tell if she's 
a transgender woman or or um because I feel like even though they're telling us okay it's a woman it's a she uh, yeah Hedwig is a she like I I feel like the direction of the musical is is telling us no like in her purified form or in in like stripped away of all pretense and and drama and sadness and you know when she's over her depression her essential self her essential self is is a is a male well my thing in it and like this is and just my take goes, the same kind of goes for you too yeah like, except opposite yeah <laughs> so like yeah, and for all those who, like, you haven't seen Hedwig yet, like, seriously, like, I understand if you, like, can't go to, like, New York City and, like, spend money on, you know, seeing a Broadway show, but, like, there's a DVD and it's 90 minutes of pure fun. But I will say, like, if you haven't seen it, uh, Yitzhak is Hedwig's uh, husband, and he um, you want, you used to be a, a drag queen and Hedwig wanted to use Yitzhak as her opening act and Yitzhak was too good. So Hedwig in a spiteful little bit was like, you can tour with me, but you can't ever wear a wig again. So Yitzhak is just, you know, really wants to be in drag and in the movie, fun side note, really wants to be Angel in Rent <laughs> so badly. Um, so, but then um, at the very end, you know, Hedwig gives her the wig and gives he a shock, gives right. him the wig. The character a is a man. Like, it's such a beautiful scene. I, I think um, I've seen it too many times, so it's lost its power on me. Shock. But yeah. but the but the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's like gets to be beautiful again. But yeah, like her her. I, her no. Well, here's the fun thing. So Yitzhak um, is a man. Yeah. Like, no, there's no transgender there, as far as we know. Yitzhak just wants to do drag and be fabulous. But in the show, because we just love playing with gender, is traditionally played by a woman. First in the uh, production in the original Off-Broadway and the movie by Miriam Shore. And then Lena Hall. And now Rebecca Naomi Jones for the Broadway run. Um, but yeah, so my take on it is that Hedwig is actually not transgender. Um, my take on it is that because there's never any indication pre-Luther, pre-before the man that she meets that, you know, launches everything, that she ever wanted to be a she. There's just never, like, a scene where, like, oh, look at my diary, ages zero to three. I'm drawing myself in a dress and, you know, mm. whatever. You know what I mean? There's none of that stuff um, there. It's just, it's for the most part, it seems to be your typical um, gay narrative. Um, you know, and then of course, like playing with gender, like wanting to be, you know, fabulous. And I, you know, one time I dressed up in my mother's, you know, clothes and stuff, but like to get to America needing to marry and, and, and to be able to be married in the eighties in East Berlin to be a woman, get a sex change operation, put on a wig, take on his mother's passport and assume this identity of Hedwig instead of Hanschel. Um, I think... There's just a different. I think there's an issue of identity. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure if that identity is best stated as a transgender identity. Mm-hmm. Hedwig never states that herself, so we just have to figure it out from piece it together. But I think it's just mostly like she's an American now. Her passport says I'm. Her name is Hedwig, and she's just especially in Wig in the Box. It's like I'm gonna be like the most badass rock and roll star in the world. Yeah. Like I'm gonna take on the world by storm. I'm not sure that really means I'm I'm I am a woman. I think it means like I'm gonna take on this identity of a woman and so you know, take it for what you will. I'm not sure that necessarily means like transgender, like all along 
She mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, have the sex change operation. I just think that she assumes the identity, too, because she doesn't have her male parts anymore, mm-hmm. as she should have. So, like, to, like, this is what I am now. Yeah. I'm going to take it for what it's worth. Yeah, and I've, I've heard reviews saying that, uh, that different actors play it a little differently. Like, mm-hmm. some people... Do make it like oh you know Hedwig is a is a woman through and through and other people uh, like John Cameron Mitchell that felt it felt a little more like he was trapped in in that body or in that like, situation. Trapped, yeah. The language of of the transgender movement and stuff is like still kind of like using these binaries of male and woman, and I guess I think that's something that uh, I'm a little like confused. bothered by or yeah. confused a little bit because. I you know I I would like to think that um, gender is a little more fluid. Yeah, I would like to say like Hedwig is definitely more on that realm of like yeah, gender she's queer not so labeled. I don't yeah I don't think it, I don't think you can't believe you labeled. I think that's fun too. Like if you know I think it's great that everyone has a different perspective on how to view Hedwig. You know transgender gay man badass woman like whatever mm-hmm. you like whatever you think it is because it is I think it is unclear it's unclear who she is and it's unclear what she wants when she's saying oh who is my other half is it a he or a she mm-hmm. well, you know will she look like me will she be will he be completely different you know will he take all the good stuff um mm-hmm. what are what are we internally and externally um oh, it's just so like right. <laughs> just yeah so awesome and deep but yeah, like I like I was watching oh, this like terrible theater talk interview <laughs> with uh, with Tay and Rebecca, and and the interviewers were directed to call Hedwig she and Yitzhak a he, and then yeah, and then the interviewer was like, oh, oh okay, whatever, I'm not up to date with my transgenderisms. <laughs> I'm like, what is so hard about just telling the word that you're asked to? Oh. Whatever. Yeah, I. There's been a lot of weird stuff with people saying. I'm like, and saying, you're, you're in the theater. I know. <laughs> you, this should be like second uh, nature to you. Uh, like, do you not know the people that you're working with? <laughs> no. No. I. It, yeah. That's. It's just. Yeah. That's. That is troubling. Um. Um. But yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Yishak was hot, though. I, I, oh, my God. There's just something about Rebecca Naomi Jones and Lena Hall when they were, like, in those jeans and leather jacket and they're just, like, stomping about that mannish swagger. Mm. Like, it's just, it's, mm. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... I'm just going to keep it at that. Do we have any other points? Do we have any other well, points? Well, I, I guess I want to go into, like, Tay's performance. I like to oh, compare yeah. all the... I all like right. to compare and despair on all the Hedwigs. Um, Let's do it. So what did you think of Tay's performance, Sarah? Oh, me? Um, I know. You don't want to see I did oh. there. I, I said what we're going to talk about, and then I made Sarah to do it. <laughs> um, I thought he was very good. I, I thought it was funny that all the interviews that I saw him doing uh, were... The, the first thing that they were like, oh, is it hard? But, you know, is it hard? Like, like you're in rehearsals right now. Like, you know, it must be hard putting on the heels. And, da, da. and yeah. And then he was like, uh, oh, well, you know, that's nothing compared to, like, memorizing the lines. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> like every single one, you're just like, oh, I just, you know, I just gotta memorize those lines. <laughs> Even the TMZ one, he's like <laughs> memorizing the lines. And you could tell that that's something that Tay was working through at the performance that we yeah, saw. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was already it was already like a week in, it was maybe a, a little in. less than a week into um, into performances, and um, and he still didn't have everything Word down packed. Uh, Norma was there with the script, line reading. <laughs> I stole I stole the show's Bible from the booth and was looking at everything. Um, yeah, so so there were times where he had to like pause, or you know that you could tell he was. Yeah, his rhythm a bit. was definitely very slow, and, and he there was, was taking pauses, you know, to uh, really. Uh, but uh, he was also sweating up a storm I and like know. physically exhausted. It was it was so adorable. It, it was so uncomfortable. I, <laughs> yeah, it was really uncomfortable when he got a lot of sweat in his eyes, and I can't imagine what makeup they use, honestly. There's one question I want to know. I want to know the product list that goes on his face. So I can like you know recreate the look to put work with. Um, but it's, but he but t- turquoise glitter all over um, his eyes, and then you can see the sweat, and he's just blinking. And at one point, he just has his eyes closed, and I'm just like, oh my god. Get this man up towel. And yeah. then Rebecca Naomi Jones has the towel and she's like offering it to Tay. And Tay's like, I got this. And he's just still doing his lines. And I'm like, Tay, take the towel. <laughs> and then he finally takes the towel. And yeah. Like, well, he definitely got better, I think, like throughout the show. Yeah, he definitely warms through the and performance. And he like owned that stage. I oh. thought he was fantastic. Like he, uh, he, he was such a performer. Like, agreed. Agreed. Just, Actually, real quick, just to backtrack. So everyone's like focusing on like, oh, what's it like, like being a woman? Har har har. Here's all the cool stuff that you could ask Tay. Um, I mean, if if I got to interview Tay, this is what I would ask him. Not that anyone has ever invited me to, but um, but I would ask. Um, <laughs> I would ask um, him like, oh, like, what is it like to like be away from the stage and from specifically the Broadway stage for so long because he's been part of theater in, a, in in different ways. He was, um, he does a, or I don't know if he's still involved, but founded, I believe, a theater camp with uh, his ex-wife, Adina Mandel. And, yeah. Well, and or was I, it like singing? Like, because he doesn't sing all the time. We don't see him singing, like, on shows. He's not like a Hugh Jackman type, you know what uh-huh. I mean? We just see him just acting and looking gorgeous and wanting us all to marry him, you know? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of questions you no, could ask. I, I agree. And I think he's he did a lot of great things with that. Like, especially the scenes um, between him where he's acting out conversations with, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, oh, Tommy. oh. Tommy Gnosis. Oh, his uh, Tommy Gnosis was fabulous. I thought, fabulous. yeah, his Tommy Gnosis was great. And, and I, like, I really, like, paid attention to, like, the, I just, I was just drawn to, to his, like, Monologue. He also had a great report with the audience. I've seen, I saw Darren Chris's Hedwig, and he was a little bit, he definitely played, like, the really bitchy trash version of Hedwig, which Hedwig can get, but I don't think it's 100%. So, like, you know, she, she would taunt the audience, but sometimes it was kind of like, fuck you, audience, you know? Where, like, when Tay would fuck with the audience, it was still, that was still there, but it was definitely way more playful. Like, the scene with 
he tried to throw the towel into the audience, and mm-hmm. he kept giving to a person, taking it back. Second person came back. By the fifth person, the person reached for her, and she's like, oh, you're a stupid audience, aren't you? <laughs> and just the way that he did it was just so warm. Like, it was funny and biting, but it, it was, was almost also... like, I, I feel like I'm wrong in saying this, but it was almost like there was a maternal vibe going on. Yeah! Like, it was like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna take care of you. Yeah, I'm gonna take you, like, I'm gonna take you through a good night. Yeah. You're safe with me, which I think is actually part of... Tadig's presence. He has a very warm, comforting presence. Yeah. That's just like his thing. It just, yeah, oh, maybe, so maybe maternal is not the right word, but it was just like, it's like, warm. Yeah, I, I like, I trust you. And, and that, yeah. I trust him to carry the show. I thought his singing was incredible. No problems there. Um, FYI, they definitely take the songs all a step down. But, like, but with like deserved, because I was listening to NPH's soundtrack and I was like the, the MPH recording MPH sounds and, like MPH oh my god like I can't hit those notes <laughs> true <laughs> neither can I guys <laughs> gotta take it take origin of a step down when I do it at karaoke um <laughs> yeah I yeah I mean fair enough and then like it also helps like get shock out because everything gets a step down so then all the backup singing is a lot easier too cause mm. oof that's a Nerma's been studying the part of Yitzchak since she was 16 years old, ladies and gentlemen, so <laughs> no thing or two. But yeah, it was just beautiful voice, and man, I, I kind of want like a soundtrack with him doing it just to hear all the different, like, Origin of Love just sounds so much, oh, uh, like in the lower key, it was just like, it was so beautiful. Um, and yeah, and yeah, he just, he had like a great, great everything. I, I will actually, I want to see it again, him, see him in it again, see how he's matured in the role. Over huh. the past month or so, over the couple last few weeks, he's been in it because I'm sure he's like even better. Um, right. Honestly, I think he was. I think he was great. Do you feel like? Uh, uh, Besides, I mean, oh, stuff. also the funny accent. That's one thing I forgot. His accent would fade a little bit. It'd be like German's a hard accent too. So it'd be like German, and it kind of be like. I don't know. Oh, but whatever. American. I mean, like, but besides the accent and a little bit, like, the line, like, you know, it's a little rusty, but, like, everything else, though, was, like, solid. As yeah. As rock. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, like, a show that's supposed to be realistic. Yeah. Also, Henry <laughs> is supposed to be a little messy. Um, John Henry Mitchell, I, I mean... Not even a humble brag. I'm going to brag about this. The day that I learned that John Cameron Mitchell was coming back, my ass took myself to the Belasco Theater and purchased tickets for the opening night. Yeah, I got to see that. And so it was like John Cameron Mitchell was fabulous. Didn't drop any lines or anything. But uh, John Cameron Mitchell was like, dude, I'm like in my 50s and playing Hedwig like my body isn't meant for this anymore. So, like, sometimes he would do stuff with the microphone, all the microphone tricks, like, throwing it up. Uh. And, and he kept missing it more than once. And he didn't give a fuck. So he would, like, throw the microphone up in the air. He'd miss catching it and be like, whatever. And he'd, like, grab it. And it was, like, a little messy. And, like, Hedwig is a little messy. To the point that, like, when, like, Hedwig usually, like, does, like, inverted, like, when she sits or stands, kind of, like, pivots her foot inward, you know, that kind of, like, awkward girl stance uh-huh. thing, and, like, whenever, like, I don't know, Darren Chris did it, because Darren Chris like, you know, like, studied the role perfectly and did everything perfectly, so when he does it, it's kind of like a pose, like, uh, but, you know, it's like, like, uh, in the pose, Hedwig, you know, and... I can see what, how you feel about Darren Chris. I think he was great, I'm just like, that's what I feel, man, that's how I feel. Whereas, like, you know, John Cameron Mitchell did it, it was, like, you know, awkward, and, like, and then, you know, MPH definitely was, like, you know, kind of gangly in it, and then, you know, also, like, Tay Diggs is also kind of, like, 
Ugh, you know, a little wibbly wobbly. It's I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was a really great Yeah. Well she here you know, she's she's performing to a con like she's in a concert. She's One night only. One night to remember. Only. But is it like it, do you think it's supposed to be like at the Belasco Theater, like on a in a big venue, like in a or would it be no. better in like a trashy little? It has to be actually. That's the one problem when I first saw the Broadway transfer. When I saw MPHD, I had no problem with MPH in particular. I what I realized the strangest thing about it is that what makes Hedwig work, generally speaking, is when it was at the Jane Theater. Back uh-huh. in the day, off Broadway, when it was at even like New World stages, when I saw it in a concert, because you know mm-hmm. New World stages is great, mm-hmm. but it still isn't Broadway, you know? Yeah, it's like concert New World stages, or in the movie when she's doing it at like you know the Sizzlers or whatever, she's doing like in all these like dive you know yeah. restaurant places, or like just you know out like in a dump or whatever. That's that's what Hedwig was about. So when Hedwig came to the Glasgow Theater, when she came to a Broadway theater, and like you know we're all like this audience, this huge Broadway audience, like, watching Hedwig and paying to see Hedwig, like, we don't give a fuck if there's a Tommy Gnosis. Fuck, who the fuck is Tommy Gnosis, right? And in the world of Hedwig, Tommy Gnosis is a big fucking deal. He's the Mick Jagger, you know what I'm saying? Uh Like, he's, like, the fucking rock superstar. So, like, in this world, it's, like, he stole everything, and and, and he's like, you know, he's the Beyonce. We want to go, we, right. we should be there. We want to be there. We want to, like, see Hedwig get to that level and get that acclaim and recognition and money that she's not having. But instead, we're, like, in this dump watching her, like, you know, do her, like, mm-hmm. versions of her songs, right? When Hedwig comes to Broadway, what's the point? Girl, you yeah. won. Go get your Tonys. Tommy does playing at an outdoor concert like Times Square. No, like dead ass. Yeah, like, yeah. who cares? Uh-huh. Who cares? Like, who wants to go to an outdoor concert in Times Square? That sounds terrible. It sounds like torture. Like, we'd rather be in a nice ass Wasco theater seeing this fierce ass bitch be fierce. And that's like that's the truth. I think that's the truth about the production being a Broadway show. It's gonna lose some of that grit, and not mm. because like Broadway can't be gritty. I'm sure, like Broadway. I mean, you could do like you know gritty shit on Broadway. I'm just saying, like in terms of the narrative that we're crafting here. Even, like, the joke, like, oh, we took, like, the remains of, like, an old Broadway show that, like, closed after one day, and it's Hurt Locker the musical, and it's ridiculous. Like, all that shit. Like, that's funny, but, like, it's still, like, you made it, kid. Uh, Rebecca Naomi Jones has a really cool mug. A mug? her vlog, she has the handle is, like, black, and the rest of the cup is white. And then, so the handle looks like a D, and then it says ick on the mug. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> she was also great. I mean, I, that kind of goes without saying, guys. Like Rebecca Naomi Jones is like fabulous and everything that she does. Um, and she was great. Um, I'm so glad that she's doing it, Chalk, and I just love her. She's the best. She knows that. I would recommend if you can, you know, go support and 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 see Tavy. Awesome. Yeah, so much. There's so much diversity. On Broadway, like it's amazing. Just in general, like, oh my God, now please, I mean, please keep doing and that. And I don't Broadway. even know if it's like I, I wouldn't even say like Hamilton did it because it's it, like I think it's a lot of these things have been. I think it's all the forces that have been coming through, like you know, because but yeah, like first black headway, first black Jean Valjean, first black, first black Yitchak, <laughs> and then you have like. Allegiance coming, you have the Gloria Stefan musical coming, you have the new Audrey McDonald thing coming, you have Color Purple coming. There's like so much. 
And yeah, the Wiz coming on TV, oh, which yes. I think I was actually talking about this with someone this today. I think that's the first televised Broadway show recently that people aren't going to actively hate watch. I think people are genuinely excited to watch the Wiz because it actually has like you know people well, and they cast, who can like, do the an job. For what's your face? Yeah, right? they didn't cast Carrie Underwood. Good for them. <laughs> no, they, no, but yeah, they cast an unknown, but and they also cast like. Like, talented, Legit. famous people, but, like, people who can do the job. They cast, like, Neo and as a Tin Man, and they're going to have, um, fucking, it's everybody. I can't even think about how good yeah. this cast is. But, yeah, like, there's just a lot of, like, awesome stuff. I hope this isn't, like, the one good year, and then, like, you know, 2016 and 2017, like, goes to shit. And yeah. Then we're going to just get Oklahoma revivals. Annie. Uh, I started watching the Annie musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Annie movie. Oh, the, the Annie Chris Savani. Yeah, Annie, how was it? Revenge Annie. Uh, it was alright. It wasn't that bad. There you go. I just saw like half an hour of it. I don't know. I don't think it merited all the terrible reviews. Well, you know, people people uh, like to. Uh, we're just gonna leave that there. I'm not gonna say the R word, but okay. Oh, uh, R word. Okay. On that note. <laughs> On that lovely note. Um, seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna try to go see Hedwig again and then buy more merch. Guys, I've seen the show five times, and the first time I went to the merch booth was, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And their merch booth, I also have to say, it has the best merch booth of any Broadway production yes. I've seen. So, oh, I need is. to make sure I get paid before I go. That Usher knew you by face. I know yeah. the Usher by yeah. face. <laughs> I know, I know. He was like, oh, hey, you again? I know, I know how to directly get to the bathroom on the, <laughs> on the rear mess. Like, that's where I first go. You can beat all the old ladies there. What? Oh, actually, were there old ladies? I don't know. It was a pretty young crowd yeah. there when we went. Yeah, young people. Please, young people, keep seeing theater. So we'll still have it when we're, like, old. Yes, and listen to our podcast more. Oh, yeah, our podcast. You should still, we also have a blog. Lettersfromthemez.com. We have Twitter. We've got the Facebook. We got Instagram. Instagram. We do Instagram. We do. Well, I mean, we're we're not photographers, guys. We got busy lives, you guys. Not even. We just don't take pictures all the time. (laughs) And if we did, we would just be of our cats. Like, do you want to see our cats on the theater wall? Cats. Oh, I should. You know, I have a cat that looks like a phantom. All right. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)